Hey, True Story listeners. We have a couple pieces of news. First thing is that we finally set up a Facebook account. You can go to facebook.com slash truestorytime to like us. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at truestorytime. Another bit of news is that we recently reached our first million downloads. We've been downloaded all over the world at this point, including in places that we hadn't even heard of, like the Isle of Man, which is between England and Northern Ireland. Isle of Man, if you're still listening, please go to our Facebook or Twitter and tell us what your accent sounds like. Is it English? Is it Irish? Is it something in between? Last note, we're starting to get people recording stories at their own independent True Story events. If you want to host your own True Story party, go to truestorytime.org slash join. Now on to the story. Another rerun this week. It's one of our favorites. This story was recorded in the San Francisco Bay Area at an event where the theme was confrontation. So how many of you guys have woken up after a night of drunken debauchery and wondered, did I really do that? (laughs) Um, Let me backtrack a little bit before I get there. And... I'm in New York City preparing for my Peace Corps experience for two and a half years. And I'm purging myself of all worldly belongings. And I'm putting everything that I own away in the trash or recycling. And I'm putting all my frumpy outfits that I could find into a suitcase. And that's all I had. And I was going to be the best Peace Corps volunteer ever. So I went to Paraguay. And I became a pretty damn good Peace Corps volunteer for about a year and a half. I really loved my villagers, and they really loved me, and I was inspiring youth to go out and become educated. I was giving them scholarships. I was teaching them about organic farming. I was inspiring women to stand up and say no, and I felt really good about myself. And then I hit a wall, and it was a wall of loneliness, and I don't know if any of you guys have hit that wall before. But I really wanted a boyfriend. <laughs> and I was like, I promised myself I would never, ever date a local because I knew a lot of Peace Corps volunteers had derailed their service because of their relationships with the locals. And so I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I got drunk one day and I went down to the local rodeo which is a local event. It's, sort of, it's not really a rodeo, but every, all the families get together and it happens once a year. Everybody's drinking, having a great time. And then I saw, across the dancers, Chamoco. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he stared at me with dark eyes of lust and I stared right back at him. <laughs> And the next thing I knew it, his arms were wrapped around me and his luscious lips were touched to mine. And here I was making out in front of all my students after a year and a half of nunnery. Seriously, I did. I was the perfect one. I didn't. I was there just for the villagers. And now I was making out in front of everybody. My students, my high school students were laughing at me. <laughs> and had I been in a less inebriated state, I would have been like, this is probably not a good idea. But I was going for it. (laughs) 
and one thing led to another and I was back in my humble little abode and then we were speaking in Guarani love songs to each other, <laughs> which is the local indigenous language. And uh, the next morning I said, so do you think you could very subtly and surreptitiously walk home without anybody noticing that you spent the night with the Peace Corps volunteer? And he was like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and of course that didn't happen. And uh, everybody saw him leave my house, walk downtown, there was one road, walk all the way to his home, which was actually five miles away, so he walked by everybody. <laughs> And so the next day I went down to my favorite family's house and she was, and my favorite mother sat me down. She's like, Denya Joanna. And I was like, why am I a bad girl? And she was like, because you made out with Chamoco. And I was like, and it was great. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and she was like, Joanna, he's negro. And I was like, yeah. He looks like Denzel Washington. Last time I checked, that was hot. <laughs> and she said, but he's uneducated and he's black and he is below you, Joanna. I can't believe you would make out with somebody like that. And I said, well, I, I think he's really hot. I don't understand. And... And, and then her little daughter came up to her and she's like, Joanna, el feo? Like, the ugly man? You made out with the ugly man? I was like, yeah! What? Then Nyarena said to me, Joanna, you're dating him, right? And I was like, hmm. I didn't really thought about that. And she's like, you're dating him. And I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm dating him. And so... At that moment, I was like, well, I, I, I better be dating this guy. And I kind of felt indignant about the fact that they thought this black guy was ugly. And he, he literally looked like Denzel Washington. And I just, I was mad. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to show everybody in Awaitu that black people are beautiful. <laughs> and I'm going to take this upon myself. And I'm going to change everybody's minds and show them that how wrong they are. <laughs> And so I dated him for about a week. <laughs> and then at the end of the week, I was like, you are pushing yourself on me. Have you ever, have you ever dated anybody before? And he's like, uh, no, actually, I've never, I've never dated anybody. A uh, woman actually think I'm really unattractive. And I was just floored at this point because he, he literally was a Denzel Washington at 822. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that everybody on our wife. So I was like, well, have you ever had sex? And he was like, yes. And I was like, well, thank God somebody thinks you're attractive. And he's like, well, for my 21st birthday, my friends gave me a whore. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, that's really unacceptable. And at that point, I, I, hate, I was so angry at everybody in Awaitu for what they had done to Chamoco. Because he was unable, as a black person, to date anybody in town because they thought he was so fail. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to continue dating this. Although I don't really enjoy our dating anymore because he was really pushy. I was like, I kind of need to show to everybody how horrible they are to these to this, to black people. 
And uh, so I, I kept dating him. And then at the end of the second week, I was like, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. I really can't do this anymore. And that was the worst mistake I think I've ever made. Because the next day I went down to Nyarena's house and she was like, Joanna, things are horrible. And I was like, I don't understand. I, I, we, just didn't, we just didn't work out. And she's like, they think you're a slut. They think you have been playing around with men. They think you're a bad example for all of their children. And they don't want you teaching at the high school anymore. And I was like, are you serious? Like the hypocrisy of these people. I don't know how many transgressions they had committed as Catholics. I mean, the list was unbelievable. And here I was making out with somebody. So I went home, and on the way home, these kids came up to me, and they started running around me and yelling, Chamoco, Chamoco, you love the fail. You love the ugly man. And I was just, I was so overwhelmed and so angry that I went into my bedroom and stayed there for three days and cried. And I didn't know what to do. I felt like my service had ended. I felt like the world was crashing in on me. I felt like everybody hated me and thought I was a disgrace and that I would have to go home. And then at the f on the fourth day, I decided, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go confront everybody. And I'm going to tell them that I, first of all, didn't sleep with them. And secondly, that how wrong they are to even condemn me for making out with somebody who's black. And so I went down to the gossip center called Nya Marta. And she was a very horrible lady. <laughs> And she had this smile that kind of oozed off her face into a frown, and she kind of leered at everybody who came into her store. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm going to tell this person what I'm about to tell her. But I said to her, Nya Marta, I did not have sex with Chamoco. And she said to me, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, everybody in Paraguay who sleeps, every woman in Paraguay who sleeps with a man, has sex with him. I was like, yeah, we, we slept in the same bed, yes, but as a woman, where I come from, I can say no. And she said, well, not in Paraguay. And at that moment, I felt like I kind of was a martyr for all of the women in Paraguay who had the rights taken away. And I was so angry and so frustrated at this situation. And I said, well, you must believe me. You, as the epicenter of all gossip, you must tell them. You must clear the record for me. Because as a peaceful volunteer, I'm trying to good, do good here. And you must tell them that I did not sleep with Chamoco. And she said, nobody will believe you. And I was at a stalemate. And I couldn't do anything. And I was so frustrated. And so I said, the last place I can go is the school. And that's where I was teaching for a long time a year and a half, and I knew I had some really good close friends there. But in order to get this into the school, I had to go through the elementary school. And I was a little afraid of those little kids that had run around and taunted me about Shimoko. <laughs> and I had every right to be afraid. And just as I was passing the elementary school, recess bell rang, and 45 kids ran out and started yelling, Chamoco, you love the ugly man, Chamoco. And I was like, I can't believe, you guys are seven years old. Why are you yelling at me right now? The audacity of these seven-year-old children in elementary school. But I had no recourse but to continue to my high school. And at the high school, the principal came up to me and he said, Joanna, you finally tasted a little bit of the Paraguayan flavor. I was like, well, somebody's taking it a little lighter than everybody else. 
And then he said to me, but you know, you probably should not be around here anymore. You should go home. And I was like, you, the pedophile who's impregnated your students is allowed to be here every day. And I, a woman who's made out with somebody, has to go home. And there was nothing for me to do but go home. And as I was biking home, I had this dilemma in my head and I said, how will I ever learn to love these people again who are the complete antithesis of myself? And that's what it's all about. You've been listening to True Story. Our theme music is from Daniel Steinbach's album, The Blade. To comment on this podcast or to listen to any of our previous stories, you can find us in iTunes or at truestorytime.org. Everyone, I hardly know you, but when something comes and grabs a hold, take the hands that open up a life that's led is something gold I've been alone